Welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. I'm John Jorgensen, and today we are here with Michael Schnitzer. Hello. How you doing, Mike? <laughs> so, so we're going to talk about a couple things today, Mike. Sure. We're, we're going to talk about, on the first half of our uh, conversation today, we're going to talk about floor plans and mm -hmm. how to look at floor plans and how to figure out... Um, What's you, right what, for you. For you, right? Buyer, yeah. Right. And then after the break, we're going to talk about kind of what's going on in the market and sure. trends in the building industry. So mm -hmm. this is kind of a twofer today. We're going to get a couple things in. Perfect. So, So... Tell us a little bit, Mike. So for those of you who don't know who Michael is, Michael is the uh, president of Stanley Martin Custom I, Homes. I am? Yes, you are. Oh, okay. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. And uh, M Michael does all the designing of all the homes that are customized uh, on our website. And he's really good at it. He won't admit it, but I've been working with him side by side now for 15, 16, 17 years. I got to go back and count again. But I've seen you do some amazing floor plans. So Thanks, John. We're, we're, we're going to start out today talking about um, just how to look at a floor plan. So, yeah, what do you I, say? so I'm going to try to put myself in the customer's shoes and explain how I would go about looking at a floor plan. So, okay. or a design. So, first, I wouldn't look at the exterior, right? Because, right. and we've said this multiple times, you can put any face on a house. Right. So don't let the outside drive what you want for an interior design. Mm -hmm. So push that aside. I wouldn't even focus on the second floor. It's important, but the second floor is a, I'm going to call it a derivative of the first floor. Right. right. And we can always design what you want on the second floor, four bedrooms, five, I mean, based right. on the footprint, number of bathrooms, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. So it really is the first floor. And then what is the most important aspect in my mind of the first floor is picture this. You come up to the house, you open the front door, and what do you see? Right. So what that means to me is where do you want the stairs? Mm -hmm. Are you more of a traditionalist and like the stairs in the foyer? Right. Do you like a side stair, a switchback stair? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, the stairs are the nucleus of the house. Right. So all the modules are going to spring from the stair location. Right. Right. So if you have a stair location, for instance, that puts you in an odd location at the second floor, you're going to eat up a lot of hallway space trying to get to the bedrooms. Right. right? So it's, it's just really the nucleus. So you start by where is the stairs? Then I would say... 95, maybe 98% of our customers mm -hmm. want an open floor plan. Specifically, they want to live in the back of their house, not in the backyard, but in the right. back quadrant of the, of the first floor. So that's prototypically the kitchen mm -hmm. and an eating area and a family room. Right. And they want that wide open, right? Open so, concept. Open concept. Not everybody, but most people. So so now we have, where's the stairs? Mm -hmm. Are you interested in an open floor plan? And if so, it's prototypically kitchen and mostly eating and mostly family in the back. Right. Then you got to solve for what are the other modules? Mm -hmm. So um, for a long period of time, everybody wanted the dining room. Right. Right. Now, not so much, because if you get a large eating island mm -hmm. and you have a nice eating area, right. the dining room may be a 
just an expense you don't need. You're just paying for square footage. Or you move the eating room and create a formal dining room and use Mm -hmm. the the kitchen, a large island, as your kind of family eating area. So you've got the dining room. Next, I would say, would be study. Right. A lot of people are uh, working from home. Mm -hmm. Um, So so that's important. Um, I would say then the next big thing, um, aside from a mud room and, you know, pantry uh, closet, would be, okay, are you considering aging in place specifically for the younger generation with an older parent? So do you need a room, whether it's a study that can be converted or a, let's just call it a flex room that can be used as a study or playroom or whatever with a full bath? Right. And that is something uh, that you and I see, I don't know, I'd almost say maybe over 50% of our customers, if they're not doing a true first floor owner suite, are doing this kind of a smaller space with a full bath. Right. A just-in-case room. Just-in-case somebody uh, just breaks in a leg case, or they can't or they have surgery. Or just the whole aging, el- parent. aging yep. parents. So I would say that is – those are the big um, – the big things, right? So you, next- you just built a really great ladder, which which is is awesome. So we start with the open concept in the back, right? Kitchen breakfast. Well, we start with the stairs, right? The stairs, exactly. Then we go to, as you said, exactly the the the, the uh, open concept in the back. And I'm going to circle back to the stairs in a second. So start with the stairs, open concept in the back, and then how do you build the rest of the house around it? Right. Yeah, what's important? Room, yeah. What's important? The dining room is certainly important, I think, to a lot of people. Right. Not so much for others. Some people use the dining room as a flex room. Right. Uh, they don't hang a chandelier. They'll put some recessed lights in. They'll use it as a flex room. When they want to sell that house, they can drop the the ceiling fan pre-wire and put a chandelier in if they want, right? So there's right. lots of ways we can right. help folks get but that j- configured. Just keep in the back of your mind, if you have a large enough kitchen island, let's say it's four or five by 10 or 12, yeah. Yeah. you're really eating there exactly. every night with your family. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's what modules do you need? But thinking about... Every square foot is an additional cost. Right. And people are looking at building a smart home. Mm-hmm. Smart meaning mm-hmm. they want to pay for space that is really needed and not pay for space they may use once a year. Right. And we can help folks talk about their lifestyle yeah. and figure out what's what's yeah. best for them. Yeah. So your open stairs, open concept in the back, almost all, all of our homes, right. almost all homes on the market right. have. Add dining room, add potentially. And then, so add dining room and think about, okay, dining room and morning and eating area, kind of yeah. like morning room and large kitchen island. And right. Is there a redundancy? Yeah. Do you okay. need three or four places to eat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And Keep then, going. and then the, the next most common module you'll add is the office. And then, then you can do a combo or a hybrid office that has a full bath. Right. And then I think the next level up from that is. Well, ahead. I think there's, there's a couple other things. So for the true traditional buyer, they're going to then think dining room, ah, I need a living room. Yes. So it's a much, 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 much smaller segment of the buyers. Yes. But they're still, I don't know, maybe only 15% of the buyers really want a living room anymore. Right. It's really gone yes. precipitously down. Yeah. And then the other 
big uh, elements as I'm going to call almost like not really add-ons, but maybe almost extensions are a large rear, call it, um, uh, I almost call it sunroom, but yeah. morning room where it's really large and it's lots of windows. Mm -hmm. People love, they enjoy that space. And then finally would be a screen porch. Right. So those would be mostly the modules. Then you can get into, okay, do I want a three-car garage? Do I want a four-car garage? Do I want a five-car garage? Right. But that's kind of, that can always be figured out. You right. got to start, build the ladder. Right. And it'll come exactly. <laughs> in terms of your design. Exactly. So, and then I think we're going to talk in a second about first floor owner suite, which is a whole different concept. Right. So right now we're talking about, you're you're thinking about buying or building a single family home and this is how we would approach it and one of the interesting things that that i've discovered over the years is i've always started with the stairs you've taught me that yeah. start with the stairs and then you can be working with a homeowner or a prospective buyer for a period of weeks <clears throat> and then you get the perfect plan whether it's one of our plans that we've added things to or whether you've customized a plan mm -hmm. and then they'll say well, we love everything, but can we move the stairs over here? <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> and uh, that, that's an interesting phenomenon, you know, but I yeah. think when that happens. It doesn't happen that often, but when it does, you really take the paper, kind of roll it up. Throw it away. Throw it away. Yeah. And it's fine, right? Yeah. I mean, that's this is the time for a customer to dream. And it it's their house. Yes. So if they decide to move the stair and start from scratch, we're happy to right. entertain it. Right. So the reason I bring it up for the yeah. folks listening is... If you've brought yourself through the process and you're looking at floor plans and you figure out the perfect floor plan using our tools online by adding checking boxes, adding extensions and all that. Or we're then, sketching. Or we're change. sketching, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And yeah. then all of a sudden you start to say to yourself, oh boy, this is perfect, but I want to move the stairs over there. Then we got to regroup and have another conversation. So I just wanted, it happens. Cor correct, yeah. correct, correct. And the last thing I would say with regard to having a space for a potential aging parent is we always ask a couple fundamental questions then. So by code, the, that door uh, to the full bath, mm -hmm. and if it's labeled a bedroom, to the bedroom needs to be a three-foot door Right. by code. Then the next question is, does the customer need a, what I call a zero clearance shower so that there's no threshold and you can literally just walk right in, no tripping hazard, yep. right? So a lot of times we'll, we'll do that. Then the next pretty easy is blocking or installing grab bars. Mm -hmm. And then last, not as important, but some, it's important to some people is if a customer wants space in that bath for a wheelchair, we have to make the bath a little bigger because you need a five foot turn radius. Right, right. So we need to accommodate a wheelchair. Right. So those are the things we would normally ask if yeah. a customer is looking at some kind of first floor space. Right. For the and future. in that case, we would be customizing a plan. Yeah. 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 Well, we may have a plan that already has a full bath and a um, and a space that's converted to a bedroom. Mm -hmm. So that mm -hmm. could be just a part of one of the designs that we have. Right. The the unique thing would be the zero clearance. And the unique thing would be the, if needed, right, right could already be this way, right. a little bit of a deeper bathroom for a wheelchair Makes sense. if you need a wheelchair. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Good. Yeah. So that's that's a great way to transition into the first floor owner suite. So um, 
you've you've got a great way of approaching the main level. The first the first floor is is where folks live and where they spend their time. And as goes the first floor, so goes the second floor. I would think talk a little bit about an elevator. Let's transition now to the first floor owner uh, suite. So yeah. so some folks will call me and say, hey, I want to have an owner suite on the main level and I want to get an elevator in there. What's your thinking on that? Well, it's well, a it's redundant, right? Because the elevator. Well, I don't want to say redundant. It's it could be potential unnecessary cost. So mm-hmm. if you're looking for one floor living, the first floor owner suite combined with the kitchen, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, is going to give you that. So then do you really want to, either in the future or during the build, put in an elevator so that one of the occupants can get to the second floor, or get to the lower level. Right. I would say the probability of a customer going that direction is about 2%. Right. Uh, but they may say that customer, you know, if I do a first floor owner suite, I'm putting a lot of, I'm increasing my footprint. Yes. Or um reducing some of the modules to try to reduce my footprint because now I got to have a first floor owner suite that's of a decent size yep. and a first floor owner's bedroom and walk-in closet, mm-hmm. it takes space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so many customers will say, you know, I don't really need it now, it meaning to be limited to one level. Mm-hmm. So what if I just design stacked closets from the lower level to the first floor to the second floor with the ability in the future to put an elevator in. I right. would say for those type of customers, we're doing it probably 75% of the time. Right. It's very easy, you know, we drop the concrete slab in the basement so mm-hmm. the elevator can get all the way down mm-hmm. to the lower level concrete, um, or we put the elevator in, but now the customer has access on all levels and they if they need it. it. If they need it. Right, so, so they, they, they may never have to put that elevator in. Right, And they right. use the space for closets. Right, yeah. And it's also a good marketing tool if and when they ever go to, right. to, to, to sell the house. Right, so that's for the buyer that wants the traditional main level, you know, living with the owner suite upstairs, and they're worried about future-proofing. Correct, correct. Yeah. And we do have some, uh, and we may be getting into this, we may, we do have some, plans where they're multi-generational. So um, certain certain buyers um, have the responsibility culturally to take care of their parents. Right. And uh, we see it very often where we need a first floor owner suite and we need an owner suite with secondary bedrooms on the second floor because there's the family unit, right? with the in-laws on the first floor. Right, and and folks right now can go to webuildonyourlot.com and they can go to the grid and look at the Travis model and the Morgan model. Those are the most and popular. The Russell. And, the, and the Russell. Well, the, Rus- the Russell have... Uh... Russell has, yeah, both. And the Russell has a built-in like kitchenette. Right. Kitchen area. Like it's so. almost a separate unit yeah for the parent right yeah yeah so so uh those we would call our multi-gen homes right multi-generational homes where you have two generations you have the option for two owner suites one on the main level one on the second floor so i not to get too far afield uh but for some customers um and this has um this has broader 
uh, uh, broader criteria for not just people building new homes, but whether it's Fairfax County or Loudoun County or just many of these counties have zoning ordinances that allow for an additional dwelling unit. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, I would say we probably build, currently we're building two homes with additional dwelling units. Right. Right. Um, and this is specifically for where instead of having a multi-gen in one house, right. it's a multi-gen, but there's a detached living unit right. for, you know, and it's got to meet the zoning standards. So we're doing that more and more. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also being contacted by 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 uh, customers who own the lot, yep. and just want to build a an attached dwelling unit, yeah. a detached. I'm sorry, did yeah. I say attached? Yeah, a detached dwelling unit. Right. And so we're doing that as well. Exactly. So it's a whole we call new it an ADU. 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 Yeah. Yep. Alternate dwelling unit. Right. Exactly. Not attached. Exactly. We could do attached. Yeah. So if you all. have an existing home. And you have the space, and it works within the uh, zoning ordinances. We can build a small and we're doing it yeah. accessory dwelling unit right on your property. Yeah, it's yeah, a great exactly. thing. There's, there's also, and I don't want to get too far afield, but uh, you can check with these uh, your 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 zoning, uh, your specific zoning. But there's you know you can rent depending on what location you can rent out Mm -hmm. these uh adus and uh so it can generate income Mm -hmm. but there's stipulations but it's a whole growing part and that really started in california where the affordability Mm -hmm. was so difficult that i mean a huge segment of california residents have um alternate dwelling units mm-hmm. to offset their mortgage payment. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. So so let's let's kind of wrap up this first segment with talking a little bit about the the owner's suite on the main sure. level. So so we, we, we mentioned the Russell and uh, we have we have other plans that have uh, we have one level Rambler plans, I guess. Absolutely. Called. We have the Jackson. We've got I mean, we've got a, we've got quite a few. Right. So you can have your owner's suite on the main level with additional bedrooms on the main level. So everything's on one level. You don't even have a second floor. Right. Or you have a second floor that's maybe has two bedrooms. Right. So maybe you have the owner suite on the main level with a couple of accessory bedrooms upstairs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's uh, surprisingly, I, I never thought I would say this, you know, especially if you go back to the nineties mm-hmm. where everybody wanted first floor owner suites and nobody right. would pay for them. Right. Now, right. Many, many, many people want them, and many, many, many people are building them Absolutely. because of the aging population. Right, right. People so. want the option to age in place. Not that they're necessarily going to stay there, but they don't want to be forced out of their home because they can't go up and downstairs. Correct. Anymore. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing we haven't spoken about, so we, we, we spoke about the first floor yep. and how really just focus in like a laser beam on the first floor. Mm-hmm. Second floor... Not as important because as goes the first, so goes the second, right. but four bedrooms, four baths, four bedrooms, three baths. I mean, right. it's kind of, I don't want to say plug and play, but in right. a way it's kind of plug and play. Mm-hmm. Then the, I'm going to, I don't want to call it the last because it's probably the most important mm-hmm. element is the curb appeal, which is the front of the house. Right. 
I call it the front elevation. Right. But it's the front. What do you see when you drive up to the, the exterior. house? The exterior. Right. Yep. So if you're going to spend the money, you're going to build a house. Don't you want it to look nice from the Absolutely. street and people to get out of their cars and want yep. to come in and see it? Yep. Yep. Right. So um, from a selfish perspective, we want to build highly appealing front elevations because mm-hmm. it makes us as a company look good. Right. Right. We really want you to build right. a highly appealing front elevation, but we can do whatever the customer wants with offsets, with roof lines, with dormer features Mm -hmm. with, you know, different color windows and just all kinds of, I mean, you've seen it. It's just, we can do, and we can, people sometimes are like, whoa, how did you get from, I'm going to use a flat front veneer to have all these offsets and these open gables with uh, lookouts and king post. And yep. it's just kind of like, well, you know, that's what you said you wanted. Exactly. <laughs> so we designed exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. So so we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about exteriors and elevations and trends in the uh, marketplace. Sure. And uh, we'll be right back with more with Michael Schnitzer, President, Stanley Martin Custom Homes. All right, welcome back uh, to this second segment here with Michael Schnitzer, president of Stanley Martin Custom Homes. So thanks for uh, sticking around, Mike. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about let let's let's continue the conversation about yeah. elevations, right? Okay. And exteriors, elevation, exterior, same thing, two different words. Mm-hmm. What do you see going on today in the industry from a stylistic perspective? Sure. So, I so so up until about three years ago, maybe, it was 90x percent arts and crafts, that craftsman style, Mm -hmm. right? Tapered columns, piers, just the, you see it all over the place, right? Right. Um, That has kind of waned. Um, Not that we're still not building craftsman homes, but um, I would say the, the significant number of homes being built now or designed are more modern farmhouse. So, uh, and you see this all over, you know, prototypically it's a, it's a, like almost like a bright white siding. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got, you know, some metal roofing. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of times uh, dark windows, uh, very clean lines. Um, And so that's kind of, you know, in my mind, it's like people really like and want to build more of a modern-esque style home, but are afraid to look, to go too far and, and build a modern home, contemporary right. home. So the modern farmhouse really took hold. Um, I would say with um, when somebody is doing brick or brick elements with a modern farmhouse, typically we're painting the brick mm-hmm. to give it that white color or, you know, just off-white mm-hmm. color. Uh, but it is... Uh, certainly a big part of what we're seeing, what we're designing now. Some customers will splash um, some stain grade material, like uh, could be stain grade posts for the porch Mm -hmm. or the beams on the porch may be stain grade. So they may splash a little bit of that stain grade material, but uh, all in all, modern farmhouse is where the, what excites people now. Right. Um, 
then I would say there's still some craftsmen. Certainly we build some traditional homes. Mm -hmm. Um, We also build and design, I don't want to use the word lodge, but maybe Mm lodge-esque homes where you have, uh, you know, these large gables and these huge open beams and, and, um, um, and it, 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 it almost looks like, I don't want to call it a lodge, but it, it, it really has that feel. And, um, you know, I see more and more of that now, mm-hmm. how far will that go into the mainstream of what people want? Right. Hard to tell. Uh, it's certainly, so from a price perspective, a modern farmhouse is going to be less than a more lodgy front elevation where you got right. these big exposed beams and typically right. it's stained they're stained in a lot of stone and mm-hmm. blah 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 so uh but we're definitely seeing that mm-hmm. um you know i would say in the modern farmhouse design probably the the, the big thing a customer is going to have to come to terms with uh, so so you could build a modern farmhouse and use white windows, right? I mean, right. You, you see it. But, um, you know, dark windows, black windows, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, are certainly more prevalent. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's certainly a price tag for those windows. So, right. it, and it can add race. If you have 50 windows times X, it's, right. you know, it's not just it's one window. So right. uh, that, can get, uh, that can get pricey. But otherwise, it doesn't have to be crazy pricey to build a modern farmhouse if, right. you, if you do it nicely. Exactly. That's good to know. So, you know, another, another thought that comes to my mind when I hear you talking about the modern farmhouse is when you walk inside the home, mm-hmm. they're really not that much different than the craftsman homes we were building. But there is a little, uh, it's a little, it's a little more contemporary on the inside. Yeah, I would say it bends a little contemporary. So, so I think what you're getting at and what you and I talk with customers about is you don't want to have a dichotomy of themes. Right. Where let's take two ends of the spectrum where you're building a traditional front or colonial and you walk in and you have a modern interior yes layout not layout um uh, features right i mean people like do a double take like whoa what, Where what just I? happened yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just went through a like a time warp yeah. Alice in so uh you know i would say whether you're doing modern farmhouse or you're doing craftsman um even probably lodgy type mm-hmm. most people are going for the clean lines that tend to bend towards more of a a modern, you know, whether it's flat panel or mm-hmm. shaker panel, mm-hmm. uh, it may be the interior trim is flat. Maybe the doors are flat or just have, right. a, you know, not a lot of wood grain. Right. Um, a lot of customers are uh, are holding back on a lot of, tr- you know, I want to say gaudy trim, mm-hmm. right? So a lot of times we're just wrapping the windows, really mm-hmm. just kind of toning it down on the inside. Clean and simple. Clean and simple. Um, and then where customers will splash some features is sometimes we'll do some stain grade beams, maybe in the in the family room or in the uh, in the kitchen morning room. Uh, but they're trying to keep it simple. I would say the big splash is probably the kit, the open kitchen, right, with the uh, 
the real high impact, you know, island, mm-hmm. countertop, cabinets, mm-hmm. uh, typically cabinets to the ceiling. Right, glass doors. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the pop, and that's right. most people are living in the back of their house. Yep, yep, sounds good. So, so what do you see happening in the building uh, industry? Yeah. So I would say, you know, there's always lessons learned. Uh, Large, uh, the very largest production builders learned uh, uh, a long time ago, right, as a manufacturer, Mm -hmm. to limit their SKUs. Right. So a SKU is a part part number. A part. Yeah. yeah, A part in their house. Uh, Because the efficiency... Mm -hmm. Uh, is in not having a hundred thousand skews. I'm using this as an example, sure. but getting to a thousand. Right. Right. That's simplicity in design and building. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, um, so if you look at windows, right? Mm-hmm. So windows, uh, let's say a company had a hundred different standard sizes, you know, small, large, you need some different sizes. Do you need a hundred? Right. Right. And one of the lessons learned was if you're a manufacturer and you get an order from company A and company B, and let's say company A says, I need you to make three window sizes, mm-hmm. set up your factory. Right. Company B says, I need you to make 50 windows, set up your manufacturing. Right. Right. The manufacturer, 100% of the time, is going to that builder that has three windows to run because they can run it through a manufacturing facility a lot faster Mm -hmm. with less setup than if they're doing 50 or 100. So you're not going to be first in line or second in line or third in line. So we've known that for a while, and we've, over the years, limited our SKUs, but now we're limiting them in a thought provoking way, right? Not yeah. limiting them. Oh, it's just whatever. But limiting them to put us in the best position for all f- supply chain, future, current, mm-hmm. whatever, because we realize as an industry, it pays dividends, whether it's yeah. windows or plumbing fixtures or whatever. Mm-hmm. The more complicated you are, the uh, the 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 lower you are in the priority of the manufacturer. Right, right. And I think that's good for because, the consumer, yeah. too, because when you buy a house, you want to get it built. Faster. Yeah. And uh, you're going to be paying less money, exactly. right? So if, exactly. I mean, think about it. If you're a manufacturer and you had to set up 50 different times, yeah. your unit cost for windows is going to be pricier than if it was just one setup. Right, right. So the world has changed. So the world has totally changed in yep. that, in that yep. respect. And, so, yeah, and going forward, it's going to be, I think, a uh, simpler way with probably a more diversified supply chain. Yes. Yeah. I think that's uh, one of the other lessons yeah. learned in terms of supply chain. Yeah. yeah. So another interesting You know, thing- just, I'll, I'll just give okay. you as, a, as another. So Stanley Martin uh, entered an agreement with a large manufacturer who built a plant for Stanley Martin. I believe it's finished now, mm-hmm. and they're only building Stanley Martin windows. And that's incredible. So we have a dedicated yeah. plant for yeah. Stanley Martin. This, I, I'm just talking for the DC Metro, and I don't know how far down it goes, right? But specifically to service DC and probably a little bit south. Yeah, yeah. 
So another interesting thing that's happening that's that's changing in the world is we have corporations now are buying entire communities, right? right? So Stanley Martin is that is the largest fastest was the fastest growing segment well, of the company, the right? Fastest growing segment. Uh, let let me jump in real yeah, quick let, and say so so Mike and I Stanley Martin Custom Homes. We build right. about 50 homes a year, DC metro area. Right now, we're kind of just shifting Building gears on customers for a second. lots. It, we're not a spec builder. Exactly. Right. So right now, we're talking about the parent company. So Stanley Martin Custom. Well, we're homes just talking is, about in general. in general. So let's let's back up. So yes. in general, and you and I have said this for many many years, uh, that all industry insiders know there is a significant shortage of housing yes new homes yes to meet the demand and right. it's been going on since 2005 2006 mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. every year we keep falling further further and further into a deficit right so there is an enormous demand for homes that don't exist right so that's that's one number 2 is um institutions have shifted their focus instead of buying apartments mm -hmm. and are for economic reasons and are buying and building communities single family communities for rent right so it could be a community of 200 single family houses yep. you know and in that case stanley martin goes in and builds every house and delivers the 250 houses to the uh, to investor. the to the investor organization, yep. and that's two hundred homes or two hundred fifty. That homes. typically Stanley Martin wouldn't have built because these are like a business to business transaction right. to a to a institutional investor, mm -hmm. and uh, it represents you know, for Stanley Martin thousands of homes a year, right. thousands and thousands. So so it's not a small number, mm -hmm. and I you know I. Because I'm not plugged into the production end, I don't know how that shows up in terms of certainly permits pulled, it would show up. Right. The, but I'm not sure how that shows up in the stats right. uh, in terms of new homes sold. Uh, but um, what we're also seeing is rents in D.C. are sky high. Right. Right. And so we see, you know, people that, you know, years ago may have spent X for a one or two bedroom apartment are spending what? 2100, 2500. I mean, it's yep. getting crazy. It is. Yep. And so people are like, well, whoa, wait a minute. Can I find a way to to buy a house? Right. Right. And so you've got this uh this this increase in rental prices pushing buyers, even more buyers to mm -hmm. the to the housing market, whether mm -hmm. it's multifamily, you know, like towns or condos. Yep, yep, yep. So uh, there's just, regardless of what customers hear on the news, there is a large demand mm -hmm. that um, many times they don't see, especially with the institutions, right? right? So right. If, uh, let's just say the, the sales were ticking up just ever so slightly, right? right. The, uh, the, 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 the buyer doesn't see these institutional sales right. that are increasing the demand on the manufacturers. Right. Right? Right. They just don't see it. But right. it's there and it's real. Right. 
So right. and, and I, I think it's also impacting the market because these are homes that might have been sold to the consumer that the consumer will never have an opportunity to buy, at, at least right. when they're brand new because they're being sold to institutions. Right. And I think, and again, I'm, I'm not studying the market dynamics, but I, what is it, the Gen Z? I don't, I don't even know all the Gen terms, whatever, yeah. but you know, there's also the dynamic of there's a lot of people that want to travel and whatever mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. rather rent a house than right. buy a house. I don't particularly understand that yeah. thought process, but that's yep. kind of either. the dynamic. Yep, yep. So yep. It's just a, there's a lot of interesting things going on in the industry, but I would say uh, what you see above the line is the demand on, I'm gonna call them used and new homes mm -hmm. from a buyer. What you're not seeing below the line is all these large builders like Stanley Martin building I don't even know how many, well over 10% of the starts this year will be for investors, right? institutions rather. Right. Not and they're investors. buying the whole community. Yeah. They buy so, the whole community. Then and they can and maybe up yeah. to 15 or 20%. I mean, That's it's a crazy. huge chunk of the building industry now. Yeah. So um, you don't see that in the, you don't, it doesn't necessarily show up in anything mm -hmm. other than if the labor pool is still busy right. and the manufacturers are still making parts and pieces, right. it may not be for the new home buyer. It may be for, for the, the institutional, institutional buyer. buyer. Yeah, it makes total sense. So. Perfect. Well, Michael, as always, you come in here with a wealth of uh, knowledge and information that just helps us all um, do our jobs easier. So, um, Thanks, John. Yeah. And... Uh, See you next time. That sounds good. Well, that wraps up <laughs> another episode of the Go With John Show. Go out there and build something extraordinary. There you go. Bye-bye. Yeah.